Welcome to the fifth episode of the Cranky Flyer interview. This week's sponsor is Kofax the Dog, the coolest dog in the coolest land. Follow him on Twitter at Kofax the Dog. And I know it may not sound like it, but this is our first real sponsor here on the podcast. If you would like to be a real sponsor as well, man or dog, email me at cf at crankyflyer.com. This week is part one of my interview with United CEO Oscar Munoz. Oscar was in town in Los Angeles meeting with business leaders, reminding them that, yes, United is still an important player here and will continue to be one. He took an hour out of his day to meet with me at the California Club, and we talked shop about a lot of different things. We started with, how exactly did he get this job? Let's get going. What I'd love to start with, uh, go back a couple of years, um, you're a board member. The situation at the top is tenuous, there's some, some issues, some legal issues, whatever is going on. And then at some point, they come to you or you come to them and, and say, hmm, maybe I should take over. <laughs> and so what, how did that go down from your perspective? Well, you know, I think as has been publicly noted, there were the investigation was ongoing about uh, with members, a broad group of members of our leadership team at United. Uh, I was on the special subcommittee of the board that was digging into the details, working with outside lawyers with regards to how that investigation might end up and what we might have to do inside the company. Um, as part of that process and, and contingency, um, there was the nominating governance committee, which is a different committee, that was considering the possibility of options with regards to leadership. Um, that conversation I was never a part of because I wasn't part of that committee. Uh, at one point in time, there was a gentle outreach that said, hey, listen, as we think of the broader list, and the board did go out and, and, uh, and conduct a surge of potential candidates, um, the question did come as to, you know, if indeed you were to be on that list, would you be interested? I said, well, not really. <laughs> well, you were fast-tracked. Uh, well, you know, we were really the 11th hour uh, at, um, at CSX, and I'd been made president a year before. Right. And, uh, and so within, you know, weeks or months, I think the announcement would have been made about me ascending to the CEO role, which I was looking forward to. Uh, obviously, just haven't spent uh, 12 years, you know, helping that team uh, do what we were able to do. And so uh, it didn't really come to the end when indeed the decision was made, was being made about the disp how we were going to handle the various executives involved in the investigation. I was asked to step out of the room when the decision um, was made vis-a-vis -vis our, our chairman and CEO. And that's when I first got a first clue that, you know, I think they were just being safe, that I wouldn't be involved in a decision. Uh, and then the board came with... Um, the offer after careful consideration, so and so, so we'd like for you to think about the role, and so that's how it, that's how that happened. So, what, what do you think they saw in you specifically? I mean, obviously, it's a it's a very desirable job uh, to be running one of the largest airlines in the world. So, you know, what what do you think really drew them to you specifically? Well, uh, you know, I, I don't know uh, necessarily, other than you know, the, what they told me is is that they've looked around at all the various opportunities and potentials. Uh, what they had seen in me in the boardroom as a fellow board member with regards to my operational experience, 
you know, in a, running a big labor-oriented company. Uh, so there is a lot of, and that's, that's been a, a very big part of the success we've had is my ability to understand that world and have a history with it that the airline um, labor employees were able to sort of look back upon. Um, so I think that that industry experience, the knowledge of the board and the leadership team, and the questions that I and others on the board have begun asking for now close to a year about the direction of the company. Um, I know there's a lot out there that said, well, this you know, sleep with the switch and all that sort of stuff. I mean, the questions were being asked, but you have to remember that a very significant number of our executives were under indictment and being deposed and had lawyers. It's, so it's hard to look at someone like, hey, why haven't you waste your own time, you know, less than this and that when you've got all this you know, hanging over your head. And so we were, we were driving a more, de a more demanding need for results already. So part and parcel to all of that, they said, you know, would you consider that? And I was very hesitant for a lot of different reasons. As I began to understand the enormity of the job, to your point, um, it just, the conversation with me became, well, do I stay? I've always had this personal sort of mantra in the, when I decide about role changes. And I've, you know, I've only done a few of them in my career. Um, but one of, the, one of the mantras is what I call knowledge of contribution. And what that meant is I make up names for things just so I remember them. But what it means is that know what you're good at. And if you're going to make a move, wherever you're going, whatever you're good at may, is, is what they need. Meaning you've got to have a fit, right? right? If you're the best carpenter in the world, you can't go take a plumber's role. I mean, it's just not going to work. But if you're a carpenter and they need carpentry, then, you know, it's a, a potentially a better match. And what we had begun to discern is that the level of disengagement in the, in the populace was not as healthy as it should be. And what we had been able to do at the railroad is to capture the hearts and minds of all our employees, including represented, and sort of drive them in the same direction. And I think that's a big part of the success that we had at CSX. And so, I, you know, as I thought about what I wanted to do next, take over the company that I've helped build and nurture that and develop my succession candidates and, you know, deal with the normal business cycles, but it more, you know, it was certainly the more comfortable route. Uh, the other mantra I have to knowledge of contribution is like, be bold, be, do things that are going to be meaningful. And so when I'm thinking about that one, it's like, well, hell. <laughs> <laughs> this is bold. <laughs> this, this is not, it's like, if I'm going to listen to my own stuff, uh, this is an area where I might think about that. And so, um, you know, my consideration was, do I have another turnaround in me? Uh, because I think the team at CSX certainly uh, would be considered a turnaround from kind of the worst that they were when we started to where we ended up. And, uh, and I felt I had all the energy, and I had, again, the people skills, the knowledge of labor unions and operations that I think technically and, and sort of uh, socially I could, I could help the company. And that was the decision. It was a tough one because I, I love my CSX family. I mean, it's like we were ready for the next chapter, building strategies around that. And so it was, um, I'm sure, disappointing to some there. That, to do that at the 11th hour, but I really thought I had a, um, an opportunity to really help this company. So, you, I mean, you talk about the people, um, trying to get them re-engaged somehow. What percentage of the job do you think that is, or maybe did you think it was going in and then has it changed once you've been in the job? Um, well, it cycles, right? I mean, I think initially it was 99% of the job. Um, you had to prove to 86,000 people uh, that 
you, you were different and it was going to be different and to begin to deliver proof, not promises, because they'd heard all those before. Well, this is no small speed. I mean, at least on the United side, it probably had been 20 years since there was a leader that people really rallied behind. Yeah, you know, there's people have, have different memories of who they, you know, so I don't, I try not to get into all those, um, <laughs> into those details. Um, there's been many people, certainly, sure. uh, but they were certainly looking for something, and, and we quickly figured that out, I quickly figured that out. And so, you know, my first 37 days before I got sick, uh, I probably spent maybe seven of those days in Chicago. I mean, I was in a thousand different places and already beginning to quickly ascertain what the issue was. And we had completely lost our employees. I mean, was that a surprise? I mean, you knew there was an issue, but was the extent of it a surprise? Yeah, yeah. We had, uh, we had been asking the questions of, you know, where are the surveys um, and the people? And we've been hearing from customers, been hearing from, I've been hearing from, I've been talking to investors. Um, uh, and, and so both on the investor side and the employee side, we, we had a, a notion. But again, you know, I remember, and I always say this, and people don't like to hear it, but you know, a board comes in four five times a year. Um, financially, which is kind of what boards are sort of generally, you know, sort of you know, biased towards, the results of the company, right? I mean, this is an industry that never made money. Everybody was making money. We were making record earnings. And so and the, you know, the stock was rising, not quite as much, you know, uh, sort of in a, in a, uh, in a comparative uh, way. But at the same time, the business was doing okay. Uh, and so we were focused on that, beginning to focus on the people, all this investigation aspect happened. But to your question, I knew there would be, because the labor issues alone, there wasn't, there was a lot of discord. The intense nature of it uh, from all work groups, including the managers, including all this stuff, was um, a little eye-opening. Yeah. Um, and so that's what prompted that sort of listening tour that we've been doing, we did for many months. I'm curious on, I mean, the front line, I think a lot of that's been fairly well documented, at least, you know, you hear from the union side, you hear from management, and people are in a pretty happy place right now. But what about in Willis, or I'm, I'm sorry, the, what do you call it, corporate support centers CSA. or whatever, <laughs> one, or in Houston, you know, either one of those. I mean, what was that like? I, I was struck a couple of years ago uh, when I came and visited with some of the people in there, and I said, this really is probably the only time I've ever seen where you have to take connecting elevators to get to, from one floor to another, and it seemed very disjointed and, and kind of tough and didn't have an overall team feel to it. Um, so as, as you're kind of, uh, you know, taking your connecting elevators between the floors, I mean, what are you seeing on the management side? Uh, I think uh, we are a company, a large company, of the different functions that you'd expect in any corporation. Um, and words matter. So you mentioned Willis, which is the name of the building. And I change it to the Corporate Support Center to help people understand that we're here to support the field operations that touches our employees. And that's just, it's, you know, words matter. They're nuanced, so mm -hmm. Corporate Support Center, people use it now and they, you know, hopefully understand what that means. Uh, the connecting elevators, by the way, are it's a physical infrastructure issue, right? And they've got six <laughs> different, the way it's built to be so high, so it's a pain in the ass. We've got an actual express elevator that connects most of our floors, which is the one I take. So there is no changing of floors necessarily. No, okay. So where I would, I'm up at the NOC all the time on 27, and so I hop and down all of these floors all the time. So it's not as hard as it is. But what you do have, and our, our, our functions and departments are called divisions. And I just find it odd, back to this concept of nuanced words, that the word division is used in a company that aims to be united. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so we're changing that as well. Uh, but more importantly, 
the way you break through that is, you know, just as simple as our executive team meetings. We call them E-team meetings on Monday. All the corporate heads are there, all my senior leadership team, and we just, we do mostly roundtable. So we just, hey, what's going on tomorrow? What's going on next week? And it's amazing how much communication happens, how much alar alarm or alert to the person that has to do something that maybe hasn't communicated. Uh, and so we're trying to break down those sort of barriers and walls. And um, I'm a person that goes around floors. Scott Kirby shares the same viewpoint. It's like, hey, I, I, I'm getting, I'll be everywhere. And as I am, and I think we're both careful not, you know, I'm careful not to give direction that's opposed to what Scott may want. I'm actually just wanting to see and hear and talk to people and understand and listen to what they have to do and say. But more importantly, we're always checking to make sure that the left hand knows what the right hand is doing. Right. Because in that world of the old world of divisions, you did the right thing for what you thought, but you know, you didn't always anticipate or think about how it might affect the person sort of in the next division. So we're trying to break that down. And so when you were looking to build the team, I mean, I guess, you know, after you came back, um, I assume it started before that, but, you know, after you came back and you started saying, okay, how do we, how do we build this? What do we do? Um, what people do I need? What functions do I need? How did you look at that? How did you approach that? Well, the first thing we did right when I came back, I got out of the hospital, I don't know, the, I mean, the 6th, so probably on the 12th or 13th, um, on the 17th of January. Um, we, we had a big, our big uh, leadership meeting that I made a, a surprise. And that's when I, uh, it, overnight, as we talked about it, and then Luke was helping me write remarks, I just kind of modified them a little bit to just say, you know, we're this wandering nomads in the desert with no particular direction. All well-meaning, all well-intentioned to go to a certain place, but we're going in different directions. So what we need to determine, and, and using navigation as a sort of analog or a metaphor, um, because of the net, because of what we do, I said, you know, we, we need to find our North Star. And that's not a new concept, but it's, we, need to, you know, we need to understand where we're headed and where, where the heck is true North. And let's, you know, wherever you're wandering, head that way. And, and uh, what we had done right before I went in for my transplant, in fact, the morning of, uh, we had a strategy offsite that I was participating in. The morning of your transplant? Yeah. Is yeah. there no one who can prevent this from happening? Shouldn't you be resting or something? Well, nobody knew. It's a thing. Um, um, so uh, my, my, our general counsel and my board knew that, that, it, that, it, that there was a possibility at some point in time in the future. We didn't know when. On the day of my birthday, we, we, you know, I was back at work, uh, and then we were having the strategy offsite, and we had had a full day. And that, that morning, we were determining what we thought was the most important and critical issue that we had to face. And a whole team of our executive leaders going back and forth to, you know, very technical academic things to, at the same point in the whole room coalesced about the fact that it's like none of this can happen without our people. So we need to re-earn the trust of our people. So that became sort of our guiding principle. I dubbed it the North Star, and that's how the trust cascade first went around. Mm -hmm. And I said, so before we do all of the strategy work, I knew I had to change the organization. I knew I had to change people, but I didn't know quite how to change it because, you know, people have said for a long time, structure follows strategy. Right? You gotta know what it is you wanna do and then put the right people behind it. If you wanna be a passing team, you need a quarterback, for instance. We went about, you know, the first initiative before we started anything, I was like, let's re-engage with the folks. And we went on a sort of global mission, all our executive leaders, we went to every single physical location. We sat, we had time, I did a bunch of them. And so that's how we started. At the same time, we started to build the strategy about what we we're gonna do. But at that time, the whole proxy thing came to be. So that kind of derailed us for a little bit. And so, and again, people were clamoring, why haven't you hired this? Why haven't you hired that? Well, it's like, 
okay, I have so much noise going on here uh, between me recovering and and I uh, still wasn't actually at work. I didn't. We didn't officially announce my coming back to work till I think some, some in March because we didn't want to announce too early. Um, but I was working <laughs> the whole <Yeah>. time. <laughs> sure. Well known fact around that. Uh, and so uh, and so we began about you know to try to put a strategy together with the people that were in place at least to create the, the basis of it, and then uh, then get through the proxy situation which we did, and then really begin in earnest to use not only our existing team but some of our board members who have a lot of experience in the space to get their input and guidance uh, about how we might create sort of the best airline uh, across the dimensions that we outline, investors, customers, and employees. Um, and so um, we began to do that. And once that strategy began to, came to, began to come together, I started thinking hard about what kind of people might fit it. And that's with you know, the hiring of all the different folks that we've made. And I think we've gone from a Again, I always say a company that the question everyone asks is like, what's wrong? You know, it's like, to kind of an exciting what's next? Because, I mean, if you think about as you follow this industry, you know, I think every time you turn around, United's doing something different and exciting and new. And that's incredible for our, for our United family. I mean, they just, after so many years of all this discord and all this media that's kind of negative, all of a sudden, you know, they're getting accolades, they're getting recognized, the company's all over. And, and for the right reasons, right? We're improving, you know, the, the investment by, by Berkshire Hathaway, uh, our new products, all of those things, I think, are just exciting. So when I walk around airports now, it's just so much fun. People come running up to you, and, and that's important. It's not adulation for me. People always say, it's like, oh, you must really like this. Like, it has nothing to do with that. Seeing the smile on people's faces as they come to work, because what you don't hear when they come to me, they're excited as hell, they're, but they always have something to say of something we can fix. And the fact that they feel confident enough, that they feel that they care enough to share their views, for me, that's the barometer that's most meaningful. Because you can, I can smile and say, well, look, I'm like, my people are great, and they're all following me down this path and have this sort of imperial Pied Piper sort of concept. It isn't that at all. It's about the fact that when they stop me, what people don't hear, and what, you know, Luke coming in the car this morning, I said, hey, I heard this, I heard this, and I heard this. Writes it down, we go back and follow up to make sure we, we follow things. Customers last night, and they all have little quirks, something are simple, something are more com um, complex. But saying you're going to listen and actually listening, taking that, the, the, what you've heard, learning from it, and then applying uh, the action is, I think, the, 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 the the key to our success. And so listen, learn, and lead just sounds so simple, but you know, people don't know how to do that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I heard them. It's like, well, no, you didn't. Because if you, because listen, because it's patience and, uh, and perseverance, because you know, the street's been on your ass for a while. It's like, come on, why haven't you done this? And uh, um, the proxy guys are coming and saying, no. And so uh, having the patience and perseverance and fortitude to withstand it. Now you wake up after all of this stuff, and we arguably have you know, the best management team in the industry, we certainly have the most diverse, and maybe in all of America, with, I have a chief uh, revenue officer, chief um, technology officer, chief customer officer, all who are very prominent, capable women. And then, you know, Brett Hart is our general counsel, is African American. I count somewhere in that mix. <laughs> My chief of staff, she's a, she's a she. Uh, and so it's exciting to see that we now, we've laid out our strategy a couple weeks ago at Investor Day. It was incredibly well received. The stock's been doing well, employees are happy, customers are happier, and now begins the really hard work of actually, you know, just grinding down and now doing what it is that you do to run a business. Um, the mending of fences, of community relations, which is what I'm doing in LA uh, on this trip, uh, all will continue. 
but the hard work is not continuing to deliver that, you know, as a, as a flyer, and you know this, it's that, how do you, that consistency uh, and reliability that way you don't think about, uh, you don't think about too many things when you fly. So you know it's going to be there, you know it's going to be on time, you know that you're going to get good food and good service if that's what you want. Wi-Fi is going to work, right? All of the things that, that are important. We haven't forgotten about the basics, right? We're an operating company at our core, and there's a thousand people that have to get things right every day to get an aircraft out. And I applaud that and value that beyond most people because I know how complicated it is. And so continue to do those basics right while adding sort of the fanfare and the product offerings. Um, and, then, and then the strategy and business side and that's where a Scott and a Julia and an Andrew uh, who have joined us are really key. They're developing and are the, um, the critical folks in, in de defining that strategy, but more importantly, executing upon it. And I don't think anybody questions Scott Kirby's ability in this space whatsoever. Um, Julia's new, so they're like, well, she's new, but as you meet her, you say, oh, it's like there's a lot, there's a lot there. And Andrew has all that ULCC DNA as an incredibly bright guy. And so, and he's a business guy on top of being a finance guy. So that new with the, the existing people I have, I mean, it's a really powerful group that, that uh, we have a great strategy and more importantly, the right people to execute. And I think what the investment community is acknowledging by their investment is that, okay, I'm hearing the words, but I also have confidence in the people that are gonna actually execute upon that. And we're gonna stop it there this week. Stay tuned for the second half of my interview with Oscar, probably next week. Thanks to my sponsor, Kofax the Dog. You can find him on Twitter at Kofax the Dog. I know it doesn't sound real again, but seriously, it is. If you'd like to become a real sponsor as well, email me at cf at crankyflyer.com. People, dogs, it's all fine, just not cats. That's where I draw the line. Thanks to Oscar for sitting down with me. I know you're looking forward to part two, so keep an eye on crankyflyer.com. You'll see it there. Or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Thanks for listening.